and very, very dangerous. If you spotty sense, you know, I was like, oh, something's off. And I'm just like, man, I'm waiting to hear something, you know. What's going on, guys, and welcome to the 22nd episode? Yeah, 22nd episode of the War Cry Podcast. I'm your host, Jehola Tiger. Um, kind of delayed this episode a little bit. You know, life happens, and and um, but you guys got a little dose of me on, um, and I wanted to say I appreciated uh, uh, Matt from uh, the Bigfoot Crossroads podcast. Um, I was on his podcast, and I appreciate him having me on. Uh, that was awesome, you know, just to kind of almost do like an intro type of episode where like I'm just telling you basically who I am and, and what I do. And for those who listen to that, to Bigfoot Crossroads podcast, uh, you know, and, and, and on YouTube, I appreciate you guys coming over here and listening to me. I know I had a few people uh, let me know in the comments of different, you know, posts and just let me, let me know that... Uh, that they listen and they're going to subscribe and, and listen and follow. So I appreciate you guys. If this is your first episode hearing me, or if this is your, you know, 22nd episode of hearing me, I appreciate you coming over here and, and, uh, and checking me out and, and seeing what I got. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of my inspiration for this podcast, um, comes from, you know, storytelling days back, you know, just hearing elders tell stories and, and, and also just hearing, you know, like I said, different podcasts like, you know, like Bigfoot Crossroads and, and many of other podcasts. But um, I appreciate you guys listening in. And, you know, since, you know, been on being on that podcast, I've almost got like a thousand audio listens to the to the podcast, which is kind of wild because I haven't posted in like seven or eight, maybe even ten days. So I appreciate you guys, like I said, once again. And let's get on with this show. So the topic today, as you guys you know, when you guys view the episode and you say, oh, the title of the episode. So today I'm going to be talking about Charles Manson and his connection with JFK. I know there's going to be some people be like, dang, okay. Got a little juice on this one. But so I I had heard this, this kind of connection, I want to say about, a couple, I'd say probably three or four years ago, there was a guy named, I think his name was Tom O'Brien. Um, and he had a book that came out that was uh, that had basically kind of like a connection between Manson and uh, uh, JFK. Jeez, I'm losing my train of thought here. Dang, as I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking his name is Tom O'Neill. I apologize. So Tom O'Neill. Um, so he came out with this book, and it was called Chaos. Um, Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the '60s, um, and this book was actually kind of highlighted on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I had caught that um, kind of deep diving into some conspiracies. You guys, you know, I guys, not I get into those things, and and I kind of found his book, and then I listened to that podcast with Joe Rogan, and I just thought it was so crazy that like all these things can be connected, and one thing that about this. Um, and, you know, kind of given a little, you know, backstory, you know, Manson, obviously he murdered Sharon Tate and a few other people, um, you know, 
back in the 60s. And so one thing I was trying not to do was trying to like, and that's one thing I try to do with all these podcasts, is like give like props or anybody to like people that killed people. You know, it's kind of kind of hard on that. You know, especially with that the the podcast with the Oklahoma Girl, uh, the Oklahoma Girl Scouts. I was trying like really really hard not to like you know give credit to you know people murderer you know type thing. So, but Charles Manson, obviously, like I said, he was co leader and he you know he was the killer of Sharon Tate in 1968. And you know, one thing that kind of got me thinking in 2019 that. Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was like, dang, they kind of rewrote history, you know, kind of a different way. But, you know, in, in that same time frame, that, that book come out, The Chaos, Charles Manson, CIA, and The Secret History of the 60s. And, you know, Tom O'Neill, he did a lot of research. Like, he spent 20, I think even 30 years um, about, you know, trying to get all this information and how this starts is, you know, Manson, obviously being a young kid, you know, growing up in the, he basically born in 34, and from that time when he was born in 34 till he was 18, there was a lot of like kind of redacted or kind of not really given the full story, um, but basically he had ended up in a few juvenile detention centers, and... You know, he ends up all over the place. I, mean, I think he was born in Ohio. Then he was sent to some type of boarding school in Virginia. And, you know, there was all just kind of weird, you know, things going on when it comes to him. And, you know, he had been to hospital. Um, and one thing, too, you know, he had kind of been, you know, petty. He'd been kind of doing petty crimes. But, you know, in night... but. Till we get to like 1967, and he was 32 at the time, and you know he had been paroled from uh, Terminal Island Prison, and he basically made his way up north uh, to San Francisco, kind of also to Bay Area uh, type place, and this is where his kind of life took a weird kind of you know place. So in San Francisco. The doctor that uh, alleged... Now, this is some of the stuff is kind of alleged, and you kind of have to connect the dots even harder. But there was a doctor named jo- uh, Jolly West. Um, and his full name was like Louis West, or Louise West. And he was an American psycholo- uh, uh, psychiatrist um, who was involved in, you know, a myriad of different type of, uh, you know, psychiatric type of... Uh, things um i believe he even was in oklahoma and he was like the chair or the dean of the psychiatric uh college there which is kind of wild to kind of tie that into you know being from oklahoma and uh you know finding out that like dang he's kind of you know, he's kind of wilding out like he was kind of doing some under the radar you know type testing on people but so he, yeah, so he was a chair of, the, of psychiatry at the University of Oklahoma College of Medicine. Um, and then from 1969 to 1989, he served as the chair of psycho- uh, psychiatry at, at the University of Cal um, and then the Los Angeles School of Medicine. And then also he went on to, to basically do neuropsych, psychiatry, so psych, 
I am butchering. <laughs> but he ended up being at UCLA Institute of, I guess, neuropsychiatry. Um, but what he did, and a lot of the things that he, you know, was really trying to learn was the the practicing of brainwashing. And one thing that kind of a crazy case um, that I had come across, but there was a guy. His name was like Shraver, but he was a corporal, and he basically, you know, assaulted this this woman, or the, you know, the, I think it was a woman, but he basically assaulted somebody. And Jolly West was trying to basically exonerate him, and that was kind of what he would do. Is like he would do techniques to try to get servicemen to that were like under the you know suspicion of like treason or false confessions. And this is all during like kind of the Korean War time. But but Schraver was one of the big ones that he did, and basically he kind of put him under some type of. Uh, uh, truth serum of some sorts, and I can't think of the name of the truth serum. Uh, and he basically would, you know, people tell the truth, and he ended up uh, telling the truth of kind of what he, what this, the serviceman, what he did to this this person. And so, one thing that he was really known for, and kind of what he, what, that was what he was known for, but what he also kind of was trying to do was like some like creation of cults and management of cults. And he was real big into anti-death uh, penalty activism. And, you know, he was real big into the civil rights. He also, you know, participated in sit-ins and rallies. And, you know, he was a trustee of the American Psychi- Psychiatric Association. Dude. So, guys, that was Lord Oscar, first of his name. He had to let it, you know, he had to, he had to make sure he was known. But, sorry, that was my cat, if you hear that in the background. But... You know, but like I said, he that's kind of what he was known for. Well, Jolly West, um, you know, allegedly. Now, he never said that he did. But, you know, so he ends up making his way to Cornell. And he completed his res- residency there. And, you know, from what I've read is that it was kind of, that's where MKUltra was kind of created. If you guys have heard of MKUltra, um... It's basically making people do things when they don't, you know, without their consent. And, uh, you know, basically making them suggestible to anything. You know, it, it, and it puts them in these states and where they, you know, they basically do whatever you need them to do. And uh, it's kind of crazy, but that's how he kind of began his time with the CIA, and this is where the CIA comes in. Now, you got the backstory on Jolly West, or, or Luis West. Now comes in Manson. So, that's where he kind of, you know, there was a a hospital, or some type of urgent care type facility in San Francisco. And Manson was frequenting that San Francisco uh, hospital. Well, the CIA come, you know, obviously it's CIA funded this hospital and it's basically drug research. And, uh, we know for a fact that, in, you know, in documents that have been released that his, per, uh, participation in two of them have been confirmed. So Manson was confirmed going to, you know, two different CIA funded drug re- research studies. Another kind of crazy thing that connects the CIA Jolly West, Manson, 
is that uh, Manson's parole officer was a basically a Berkeley doctor student or doctor doctoral student um, named Roger Smith, and he was part of a, fun, uh, a federally funded uh, program researching LSD and drugs amongst the San Francisco population. And his position as a parole officer allowed Smith to provide elements of immunity to some of these research subjects, which being Manson. So although he had the power to send Manson back to prison for you know Manson doing all this wild stuff, you know, but he would basically Manson would like go to Mexico and work and do all types of wild stuff and then come back. Well, that was violating his parole. And, you know, he had all types of stuff, and, and Manson still remained free. And he was still hooked on, you know, LSD and drugs. Well, Roger Smith also had, like, a tenure at uh, Haight-Asbury Free Medical Clinic, you know, which allowed him to basically collaborate with, like, pharmacology-type um, stuff. And basically, you know, Dave Smith is who he kind of runs into and who's the founder of the clinic. But that's one thing that's so crazy is like all these people are connected to all, you know, basically our own government. And I'm getting kind of spicy with some of this information. Like I said, I had to, you know, I've read multiple articles on this and you listen to podcasts and and read part of uh, Chaos. But man, like, this is dicey. I I may not put this up on YouTube, guys. I'm going to be 100% with you on that. Um, This may be a podcast only, but. But basically, you know, in exchange for the federal funding, courtesy of the CIA, the pair basically researched recreational drugs amongst their patients. And they, you know, began to recognize that, like, the frequency, presence of, like, runaways or addicts who belonged to Manson's cults were showing up at these clinics. And, you know, the Manson family compound, um, you know, kind of where he was using drugs and participating in bizarre, like, kind of weird, strange, you know, sexual rights, you know, was happening. And after four months of, like, the, the kind of a crazy research, Rose returned to San Francisco. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Alan Rose. So he was an assistant. And so he was, in, like, Alan Rose was, like, in the family, the, the Manson cult. And he would report back. And so, they both, so in 1970, Rose, Alan Rose and Dave, uh, David Smith, who was the, the founder of, these clinic, of this clinic, um, wrote a, you know, a scholarly study on the Manson family. And the group, of, uh, marriage, uh, the group Marriage Commune, a case study, where they basically wrote up some type of paper, you know, uh, essentially, uh, you know, a case study on the Manson family and kind of what they do when a lot of people live together. And it's just kind of strange. Like, so this brings back in Jolly West. Um, and he did run, like I said, uh, studies on LSD and drugs amongst hippies. And that was one of his, you know, kind of as he was, you know, kind of doctoring Manson, uh, helping Manson. Um, and he, like I said, he was, a, you know, he's a CIA guy with a background in deprogramming victims and brainwashing. Um, and so, like, this hospital ended up being kind of like a fake hippie crash pad. And what sometimes what they would do is they would kind of just, you know, bring people in and just get them, you know, all kind of hyped up on LSD and see what they would do. 
and they would do all types of you know crazy stuff and so that's one thing about this topic you know it's just it's it's a lot of information and i'm trying to kind of you know not uh over you know kind of over information make sure people you may have to listen to the second time but there's just so many different aspects of like these different government agents or government entities who just like they they're connected and they're all and that's one thing that like conspiracy theorists people are always like, oh you know you always say everything's connected but like i just gave you multiple people and multiple different facets that you know they they're connected and they're connected by us our government i say us but our government you know and so like i mentioned these like this hippie crash pads like they were using them as a brothel and so they would basically test and this is part of mk ultra but they would basically test like johns like guys who would just come in for like the sex and they would just you know dose them up and see what they how they would react well in 1973 they officially terminated mk ultra the program well tom o'neill believes that um that 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 prog- uh, that program later you know formed under a different name and kept going now a lot of the the documents of mk ultra and that program have uh you know they're all super redacted and you have to basically read between the lines and it's just you know, he ended up getting that inf- that document for that, and he just there's nothing to it but just redacted. So Manson in late '60s, he ditched San Francisco, and he went to LA. A year later, his madness wor- worsened as basically the CIA, um, you know, kept you know, inter- you know intervening in his life. And it came to that tragic fruition, you know. And in his book, in Tom O'Neill's book, he uncovered evidence that, like, L.A. area law enforcement investigators mishandled a lot aspects of the Manson, Manson case. And he also did, you know, Tom O'Neill also did claim that, like, LAPD was destroying records from a 1969 homicide investigation. Now, this is where it comes into Vincent uh, Bully. And I'm having a hard time saying his name. Bugliosi. He was a prosecutor in the in the Manson family trial, um, but he also, you know, wrote the book Helter Skelter. And his book established a, divin- a definitive, like, like a very, you know, it, it basically made it basically created the narrative of those murders. Um, and it did in his book, it did exclude the CIA's role in the, in the LSD research and all that stuff. But one thing that in Tom O'Neill's book, he goes into like big depth about Bugliosi, like having all these ties with the CIA, but also too, like, he was kind of crazy. Like he was like, like had his wife followed for like years and like, he just had had all types of wild stuff. Like in his previous past, he was you know, like in his previous stuff, he had like different like uh, verdicts uh, overturned, and it was just crazy, man. Like I don't know how I don't know how like you know, you know the '60s, and I, I don't know how like they they. <laughs> I'm trying to be like not be crazy about this, but like 
the sixties to me just is like a like it's just the craziest time. Like there's no internet, there's no phones. Like you can't like you know you can't video record someone. Like there was all types of wild stuff going on, and you know Bulliosi was a part of that. And so basically, in Tom O'Neill's book, Stephen uh, Clay or Stephen K who was a co-prosecutor for the Manson murder trial with Bugliosi, told O'Neill uh, that the uncovered evidence in chaos could overturn the original verdicts. And that's kind of wild. Um, I, would, I would definitely have, you know, re, you know, I definitely would read that book if you guys haven't. Um, Tom, like, if you want to listen to his interview with Joe Rogan, that's another, like I said, that's a great, great uh, book. And it is pretty factual. Um, he doesn't take any like you know leaps or doesn't connect any dots, but this is how Manson is connected to JFK. So we all know you know JFK was assassinated by or allegedly was assassinated by Lee, Har- Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, you know Oswald was then assassinated by Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby was taken into custody. And they said that he was in, and this is from multiple sources and multiple cops, and this is also in Tom O'Neill's book too as well, that multiple of those deputies and, you know, sheriff's deputies and everybody that was, you know, that was in on the arrest of Jack Ruby said that he was normal. He didn't really kind of know what was going on. And basically, Jolly West comes in and treats Jack Ruby and they said when Jack Ruby uh, when when Jolly West got out of the of the the cell Jack Ruby lost his mind like he was losing his absolute mind and so I just find that to be so interesting and you know, do we know what happened in there? Not really. But, you know, we'll never know because both of those guys, were, you know, ended up gone. You know, it, we, you know that's one thing that's, like, kind of crazy. But, like, basically he went nuts and then had a pulmonary embolism and then, you know, and then died. And he died in the same facility as Aldwald and Kennedy. So what's kind of crazy about that you know, is that West is involved in that JFK situation and the Warren Commission. So that's a little bit of, you know, like I said, that's a little heat, man. You know, that's kind of crazy. When I heard that, I could not believe it. I was like, man, that's that's wicked. Because it ties everything together. And, you know, eventually I'll get to a JFK episode. That's just a lot of information. And what I may do is just break it down to each theory. Like, you know, is it this, is it this? And then I'll let you guys decide on, you know, what you guys believe on that. But that is how Manson, Charles Manson, is connected to the CIA and JFK. That's a lot of information. Like I said, you guys can go and look this up. Like I said, um, a lot of the information I got from, you know, was, you know, different articles. I think one was from... Um, you know, you can't always really trust Wikipedia, but, you know, I mean, I did look at some stuff on there, but, you know, there was a Coffee or Die ma- uh, magazine. I think another one was the Washington Post. 
Um, so there's, like I said, all mainstream type articles. Um, and then also, too, um, you can also read Tom O'Neill's book, Chaos. Um, it's crazy, man. It, you just truly, you know, it's, it, it's truly, you know, baffling how, like, this, these topics and these, this information is not, like, public knowledge. And maybe that's why I'm here, guys. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Um, you know, eventually, like I said, we'll get to JFK. Um, I know somebody was talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, and also, too, guys, on Spotify, I do have, like, questions um, of, like, what episode you guys want to hear. Um, also, I do polls on, like, what do you believe, you know, or, like, what's, you know, kind of gauges what's, you know, kind of going on, like, in the episode. Um, but if you do listen on Spotify, do that. Let me know what you want to hear next. Um, I've, t- I've, I've hit, like, different kind of uh, topics, and that's kind of, like, how, my, how this goes. Um, I am working on, um, actively working on, um, This is Creepy Part 2. Um, that's where I tell stories from the listeners. Um, so if you have a story, please reach out to me. Um, a good way to get to me is yeholatiger at gmail.com. Send me an email. Be as descriptive as you can. Try to keep it in order. Um, and I'll read that um, on the podcast. Also, too, you can uh, get a hold of me on, on Facebook, yeholatiger. Send me a message. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Um, and then TikTok, one man band 918 Twitter was the same, one, uh, one Man Band 918. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Unsolved Mysteries of the Reservation, guys, go check that out. I know the, the latest episode just dropped on Friday. This is being recorded on the last day of April. So on, on this past Friday, um, go check that out, guys. I know they, the, the guys played a board game, which was kind of funny. Uh, those guys, crack. we always, you know, they're always doing something kind of wild like that, but... Um, but I appreciate you guys, you know, if you're new, appreciate you listening in. Um, and I appreciate everybody that listens, you know, who's a regular listener. Uh, and I'll catch you on the next one.